0: My name is Bree Castellini. I used to be a spy.
1: My name is Chris Cherry. I used to not know how Cruella Deville met Horace and Jasper.
0: And this is Burn Noticed, a weekly rewatch of the USA television masterpiece Burn Notice about Michael Weston, a spy.
1: Throughout this podcast, we will be rating each episode on whether it is A, an episode of television, B, a great episode of television, or C, a great episode of Burn Notice.
0: If you want to know what complicated calculations go into these ratings, wait until the end where we'll explain them. Also, if you or anyone you know knows Jeffrey Donovan or anyone even remotely related to the Burn Notice cinematic universe, uh, please get in touch. You can send us connections, questions, suggestions, compliments, and absolutely no criticism of any kind, regardless of if you're our official nemesis or not, uh, to burnnoticedpodcast at gmail.com or to our Twitter at burnnoticedpod. And as always, both of those are burnnoticed with a D. But before we get into Burn Notice, of course, we have to do our new spinoff show, um, Cruella Deviled. So Chris, tell us about Cruella.
1: It's a weird movie.
0: It... Did you see it in theaters or?
1: No, we watched it like we actually we were going to watch it in theaters, but then we couldn't. So we like turned our living room into a theater like we used the projector and everything. Is this, and, was like, it on had... Disney Plus? It's on Disney Plus. I think you had to buy it. One of my roommates bought Not it. Not like, worth it. It wasn't. But, and then, like, well, we, we had company over. It was actually really nice because it was the first time we've had, like, company over in, like, a long time. Like, proper, like, entertaining.
0: How fancy.
1: It was quite fancy. And it was all in the service of Cruella Deville.
0: Uh, the only things I know about the Cruella Deville movie are it is Emma Stone and she. I I think there's a scene where some dogs who look like Dalmatians like make a woman tumble into like a a dark abyss off a cliff.
1: Yeah, that 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 does happen in the movie. To me, what's fascinating about it, having watched it, is that there's like two movies in it. There's like a movie that wants to kind of just be like a Kitty Devil wears Prada, and like (laughs) wants to make like a Disney movie specifically for the gays.
0: Yeah, I saw on Twitter you had said something about that. So I was wondering if that was going to be your intro today.
1: Yes. And like, but then there's the other half that's like, specifically trying to like, set everything up so that 101 Dalmatians can happen. And it's like... I mean, it is a prequel. I know, but like, it didn't have to be. Like, it seems to me the point of like, making a Cruella de Ville prequel is so that you can have a story in which Cruella de is the protagonist because Cruella de is like a great character but she hasn't yeah but we, we tried... gotta know
0: why she wants to make a fur coat out of exactly puppies. But, like
1: we can like have a movie where we have her as a character but she hasn't tried to kill a bunch of puppies yet so like we can enjoy the character in a situation where she's not trying to kill a bunch of puppies
0: and then the last five minutes like a dog bites her and she's like she 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 imagines him, and in her head, like, the puppy morphs horrifyingly into a coat, and she goes, huh, and then the epi- the, the movie ends.
1: Yeah, I mean, even <laughs> even if it was that, I don't know. You should it have a is,
0: totally, fully different movie, and then the last, like, yes. literally 30 seconds, she gets bit by a dog, and she's like, I hate dogs forever. They will now be my coat. Exactly.
1: Honest and to God, like that was the movie screen. that I wanted it to be. <laughs> like, I wanted this to be a movie that was like Cruella, De- that was about Cruella DeVille in the way that, like, Velvet Goldmine is about David Bowie. It's so, it was set- it's such a weird mishmash of things. Yeah. But, uh, I, it's so I really wish,
0: good. I get that Disney's whole thing now is like one original like princess or animated thing every couple of years, as much Marvel as we can fucking stomach and then some more. And then also like let's mine our existing IP for as much as humanly possible. So we can keep it from going into the public domain. But like from a craft perspective, there are some people who I don't care how they got to where they are, especially when it's like a cartoon villain. I don't need the backstory. What am I going to gain that, like, from knowing that? Like, I, I, from what I've seen on Twitter, Cruella's mom dies at the hands of Dalmatians or something.
1: Yeah, it seems like, and I was hoping that the movie would get that. It was like,
0: no, if it's produced by Disney and and premiering at least some like somewhat simultaneously on Disney Plus, there's no way. The problem is, is that like Disney wants to be woke to its own machinery, but it. Can't, it can't because like the nature of its machinery cannot be fully based on craft. Like no matter how many auteurs you let get a hold of like the existing IP, the problem remains that it's existing IP that has no business being regurgitated this many times.
1: I mean this is very true. But yeah, so but it's really fascinating watch it watching it try and do that. It's a weird movie.
0: Should I see it?
1: I don't. I mean, you shouldn't pay money for it. Like, I don't think. Will it eventually
0: be like on Disney Plus just like as a streaming title?
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Maybe I'll watch it. it. It's like a fascinating misfire. Here's my question though. Okay. Uh, Should people watch season five, episode 15 of Burn Notice?
0: You know, maybe. So season five, episode 15 of Burn Notice is called Necessary Evil. It aired November 17th, 2011 and was written by Craig O'Neill and directed by, drumroll please, Alfredo Barrios Jr.
1: I totally did not see this in the credits.
0: Oh, you didn't? I was hoping that you saw it so that I could ask you about the directing because, like, I was I spent so much time recapping that I was like, I really can't pay attention to the directing. Seemed fine. I have honestly no notes about Alfredo Barrios Jr.'s directing because I actually really enjoyed this episode, so I was I was more caught up in what was going on and not really. And so I mean, that's good. It means it was inoffensive, which is frankly. Kind of what I'm hoping for from a Burn Notice episode is at least the directing is not offensive. Right. But yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't remarkable and it wasn't remarkable in the other way.
1: Yeah, I never exactly. I never looked looked at it and go, oh, that was a bad. What are we doing here? So like, hey, good job on the competency.
0: Yeah, it was a competently directed episode. I I have no other things to say
1: about it. (laughs) That's what this kind of television is
0: is competent
1: yeah like quietly competent. I don't think we In would have direction. said that
0: not forever it, we I don't think that was always the thing that we thought about it which is nice good job Bernadette. I also have to say like even though we obviously haven't gotten to the weeds yet I think that definitely end of season five is a lot stronger than beginning of season five. Oh, totally. And I think a lot we'll... of our reviews have reflected that
1: <laughs> oh yeah totally I agree
0: all right, well, let's. I want to get into the weeds. So, first, of course, uh, my shackles cannot be um, un- unlocked until I read the IMDb description of this episode, which I'm going to read as written and not make any ad- edits to it, despite the fact that there is a blue squiggly line that I also noticed. That, anyways, while Sam and Jesse try to save a weapons maker held against his will to build a missile for an African warlord, Michael and Fee discover that Madeline's new boyfriend actually working for Anson. Yeah, is, is actually Genesis? working. Is actually working for Anson. And you know what? I didn't even look. I just assumed it was. I'm gonna. I mean, I'm it gonna see. Feel Hang on. Like, we we, that we got feel an, an, like. What's it? Doesn't name? feel like a KGF visor. Yeah, KGF yeah. visors. It doesn't. Like, I don't actually think it is. It doesn't. It's not nearly no. as complicated enough. No, uh, oh no! So I know, know why I don't know. Word. It's because I can't tell. Because it's not a separate synopsis or a storyline. Yeah, so KGF, KGS Vissers um, wrote the storyline, but the like plot synopsis I don't think is credited. Oh, no, it is. Uh, J- oh, we have an email. I can email them. jgp3553 at yahoo.com.
1: Oh, God. I don't like knowing that.
0: <laughs> I know. That seems too intimate.
1: Exactly. We might should censor that.
0: Anyways, it's not KGF Vissers, although KGF Vissers, of course, is there to write like the slightly longer plot summary. But you want to know who's going to do an even longer plot summary? It's me and you in the weeds. Let's get into them. All right. Just splashing around here in the weeds. Okay, so the episode begins with Michael and Fee These kind of. Wet, like wet, wet weeds these wet wet weaves these dew dropped weeds so yeah so we we start in the loft with michael and fee kind of trying to figure out how to get access to anson's spy communicator thingy and it's it's a technology that the nsa can't even crack so you know how are they gonna do it and it's like well it's burned out so i assume they'll figure something out and what they figure out is that michael thinks that they need to head to the security firm across the street from anson's apartment building which is where he is like piggybacking his signal off of i guess and they're gonna. Break in and get the call log from them and then hopefully use that to figure out who he's been talking to and, you know, wherever that will lead them, it will lead them. So the plan is for Michael and Fee to become high-rise window cleaners for easy access to the office they need, which I enjoy. Fee doesn't enjoy enjoy this because the the uniform that was pr- bribed for her is much too big for her. And Michael's like, oh, don't worry about it. But, you know, to make it up to you, how about I take you to dinner Saturday? And she's like, I'd love to, but we actually already have plans. We're going out with Madeline and Benny again. And Michael's like, ugh, gross. And then they do th- – the only reason this is important is because it's, like, super important, obviously. Yeah, and so – Yeah,
1: I do like the – There was a so, thing that I liked about how – like, Micah was like, I'm sorry, but you don't like this outfit. And she was like, it doesn't fit me. We're like, it feels like he's making a joke about like, the, how it looks. And she's like, no, there's a practical reason why I don't like this. <laughs> it's,
0: it's fun. It's a it's a cute little interaction. And then the rest of this cold open, I actually really enjoy as well. I, I always like me an action packed cold open. And this yeah, definitely delivers. Like a James so, Bond cold uh, open. Exactly. It's a fucking spy show. Give me spy shit. Anyway, so the spy shit that they do is um, basically they like harness themselves so that they are attached to the building um, on their own, not the like window cleaning elevator thingy. What what is that called?
1: You know, I don't know. (laughs) Like the the little
0: metal hammock?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like the window (laughs) cleaning. Here's the thing. I don't know, but... I thought I did. Like, I think I was going throughout my life believing very confidently that I knew what that was called, even yeah. though I never knew.
0: Same. No idea. But yeah, anyway, so that thing, they set off two little, like, small explosions to make it, like, flip upside down, basically, and it uses that momentum to break the window into the office they need. Then they rappel into the office, steal the information from the computer, and then when security kind of crashes in on them, they make it look like they've just, like, miraculously crash through the window like terrified and you know oh god i can't believe we're alive (laughs) and they're doing just like a a little bit i like it it's a very good plan and then when they're walking out um the the security guard's like well we might get in contact you know if there's if there's more information we need and in order to kind of keep themselves out of it and and stop it stop the buck here uh they basically go back and forth about how they're maybe definitely going to do a lawsuit. I mean, we almost died on your faulty equipment in your building, but we probably wouldn't name a security guard in the lawsuit, right? And then they kind of like giving them, give him a meaningful look and the security guard's like, have a good day. And then that's the old end of the cold open. And I like it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was fun and action packed. I thought there was a lot of good banter with uh, Michael and Fiona. And this is the point in this show where I'm starting to like realize why so much of its fan base is like older women who are in it for the romance. Because I, especially for like the first couple of seasons, there's not that much. I forgot how much there became though after a while. Like the, the relationship between these two characters and like their dynamic is a pretty big Part of the show, and I didn't remember that. But now I'm watching. I'm like, oh, I see why my mom loves this show. I mean, exactly, my mom also yeah, loves I didn't her basic procedural. I
1: think but. part of it was because, like, by this point, I had kind of checked out.
0: I, yeah, like,
1: I think I officially. Which is <laughs> too bad because this is
0: Burn is at some of its best.
1: Yeah, like because I do not remember this episode.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, like, I d- apparently I've seen it. Apparently, I've seen through next season at least, but. Yeah I have I've I've saw them once like 15 years ago. <laughs> so you know i i functionally haven't seen these episodes for me it takes like three or four watches before i'm like yeah i've seen that show anyway so that's the cold open It is fun they find the numbers so post cold open michael and fee are staking out the house that anson's been calling in a retiree community when the resident of this retiree community himself appears and oh no it's benny madeline's boyfriend fee immediately her immediate reaction is like that son of a bitch and like goes to shoot him and Michael's like, you have to calm down. My love, you have to calm down. Uh, And he's like, listen, obviously this is not good but we have we don't have enough information to know if Benny is like evil or if he is also a victim so Michael's like you keep an eye on him maybe we'll figure it out but, but like I don't want to tell my mom until we know something useful so you stay here keep an eye I'm gonna go meet with Pierce meeting with Pierce is uh our segue to Michael's other case of the week which is a weapons engineer named William Resnick was discovered to be ordering high-end guidance chips and delivering bring them to a liberian oil company upstate which is suspicious so they think that they might have like a rogue scientist building stuff for the liberians but unfortunately how
1: this season we are now like we just embrace the idea that yeah michael gets assignments now like michael has a Mm -hmm. boss now like it's become a cia show a little bit which is interesting
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's earned his way out of his burn notice, so mostly. Partially.
1: And it is interesting because I feel like early on when we were watching this show, like, there was a sense that it couldn't evolve. That we were, like, like, watching it where, like, it was kind of stuck in its premise. And, like, Mm -hmm. this does really feel, like, This feels like a very different show than, like, the season two show. Like Yeah, no, it definitely
0: does. I also like that, like, even though Michael does still have sort of side hustles that he does, a lot more of the time they have become, like he got back to where he roughly wants to be but is still stuck you know it's like i uh, i got everything i wanted but there's still all of this like extra baggage that i have to deal with so that i can maintain my position
1: right exactly and it's like interesting to like look at this and think well how was michael when he was a spy the first time
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and actually, we know a little bit more about it because um, Michael is being given this job. Yes, but he's being given it as a job for him to run rather than to be a part of, because apparently back in the day, Michael Weston did a lot of work in Liberia. And so whoever is like in a part of this, like conspiracy that is unraveling, they might recognize Michael. So he can't actually go in himself. He's too well known. I mean, look at the man. He's so distinct. How could you forget Uh a man like Michael Weston? So the company wants him. Pictures
1: of him on every men's restroom door in America.
0: <laughs> the most wanted man in the world um but uh anyway, so he's supposed to be running this op for Sam and Jesse presumably because Jesse has security clearance and because Sam it is set up early on could use uh some friends in the CIA because he's made a lot of enemies and hey maybe this is a good opportunity for a well decorated soldier to get back in the good graces of the government that pays his pension so that is the setup Michael has to run an op they think that it's just like a scientist has betrayed them um and they need to like go in and figure out how bad it is and you know maybe extract him maybe kill him who knows but like they don't know enough yet they got to just go check it out so um speaking of checking it out they go do that michael sam and jesse stake out the oil company sort of compound from afar and it turns out that michael got them all the way up there because it's it's implied that this is kind of a little bit further out of town without telling them he's like yeah let's just go check out this oil company for a job, maybe I don't know. And then like they get there, and know, he's like, like looking
1: at oil companies.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, like this is our hey, this is y'all our wanna boys' go day. Bird watching. <laughs> we're gonna get brunch. We're gonna look at birds, and then we're gonna look at a Liberian oil company that was recently like reignited after a suspicious American scientist got involved with them. Uh, anyway, so I'm I'm out of this one it's up to you guys. Have fun. It was <laughs> And so, but the funny thing about this scene is that, because at the end, Michael gives them their, you know, their cover so that they can go in and try to make their way into the compound and figure out what's going on. And their anger seems to be placed squarely on Pierce's shoulder. Like, wow, they, she already got us covers without even asking us. And I'm like, Michael also drove you up here without telling you and sprung this on you as well. Like, Michael's hands aren't clean in this situation, but it's so funny how they instantly go from like, wait, we're doing this job to man, fuck the CIA and Pierce, but Michael, you're fine. I can't wait for you to be the man in the van. (laughs) Right. I just, I thought it was funny. I, but I will say I am loving the recent Sam Jesse energy. It's extremely good.
1: It is
0: like they've, they've gotten even more like, this is the energy that I think Sam has always wanted with Michael. Like the, like the good buddy energy. Right, you know, yeah. just two guys having a good time, like bros. Michael, it almost never gives him that.
1: Like, yeah, because, yeah, because Michael is so like closed off and,
0: mm-hmm. and like, just, yeah, you know, know, he can't he's ever a workaholic. Exactly, he's, like, he's he didn't, he didn't closed off. Have, he's workaholic. He, he doesn't drinks beers technically,
1: but really he loves yogurt.
0: Yeah. Also, I've noticed in a lot of the Carlitos scenes recently, like Michael will be drinking an iced tea, like Fee will have some kind of cocktail or maybe a beer, Sam will definitely have a beer, Jesse will have a beer, and then Michael will have something that maybe could be a mixed drink, maybe it's a Long Island iced tea, but it really just kind of looks like iced tea. And that is extremely funny to me that Michael Weston like is the designated driver for everyone.
1: Yeah, I mean, he is.
0: He is, and I Michael love that. Weston's for him. whole
1: vibe is that he is the designated driver for America.
0: <laughs> he is the responsible uncle. You guys, you kids can drink, but it has to be in in my house. You can't take it el- elsewhere. As long as you do it in the house, I won't tell your parents. Thanks, Daddy. It's Uncle. It's Uncle Michael. Don't be weird. Don't make it weird, or I'll I'll take away your wine coolers.
1: Sorry, Daddy. Uncle. Daddy,
0: Uncle Daddy. (laughs) Uncle Daddy. Uncle Daddy, can I have another wine cooler? Anyways, Sam and Jesse get their way inside and instantly they realize well, I guess Sam specifically realizes oh, we had this wrong. Resnick is not a rogue scientist. He is a hostage. So because they were not prepared for this, Sam has to come up with an idea to get them invited back, because obviously, like, they need a little bit more prep time in order to extract this guy safely and make sure that he's okay. Um, and so while Sam distracts the gun guys, Jesse takes Resnick aside and learns from Resnick what, like, the deal is. So the deal is that a guy named Joseph Kamba, a uh, warlord from Liberia, is in charge and is a lunatic, and, of course, also has Resnick's daughter hidden away somewhere the gambit is to get them invited back is like oh no we got the wrong chips we need an adapter for the chips for your missile for your big scary missile and it's tense especially once Kamba appears and like hits Resnick so everyone knows like oh yeah this dude's like bad news he allows them to leave to like bring back the chips uh the next day well That's not exactly true. He doesn't let them leave. He lets Sam leave because he keeps Jesse behind as collateral, which I really like as an opening move from our bad guy this week because it shows that like he means business and there are actual stakes beyond the abstract like guy we just met has a kidnapped daughter like always. I enjoy when one of them is kept behind and has to sort of work from the inside while everyone else works from the outside. I yeah, think no, it that's steaks. always really good. It's good. I enjoy it. I do it. like,
1: and it is always fun to watch like one of the burn notice crew get like taken hostage with someone who is also a hostage, but doesn't know burn notice shit, doesn't exactly. know how to burn notice. And so they have to teach someone teach else me, how to teach burn me notice. To teach, me,
0: teach me how to burn notice. Remember the we're taggy.
1: awful people who shouldn't have podcasts,
0: <laughs> and I have so many at this point. Try and stop me. So that being set up, Sam and Michael go meet with Pierce, who essentially repeats what we already know. Yeah, this guy's a lunatic warlord. It's super bad news. He's got Jesse. Luckily, Pierce does have a lead on where the daughter might be, which Michael will go chase down. And then Sam gets a new order from on high. He, in addition to getting Resnick and Jesse out, more importantly, the CIA is interested in the specs for the new missile. And Sam is kind of pissed at that. He's like, how? What? No, clearly that's not the priority. And Pierce is like, I get it. I know, but it's the CIA. So, you know, we gotta, gotta be aware of that kind of stuff. Maybe just get them the specs for the missile. And Sam's like, "Mm, we'll see. Uh, Then we have a quick montage of Sam and Michael deconstructing and hiding pieces of guns all over a car so that like Sam can basically drive in with the cavalry and uh, as they're like quote unquote building the bomb for Kamba they can like you know shoot their way out and before Michael can head off to his thing of checking out the daughter Fee calls Michael with a Benny update this guy's not like completely innocent. He's definitely been trained and he's acting super suspicious. And she's like, you have to tell your mom and Michael's like, he's You're been right.
1: trained, but he's not been like, he's not a spy. Yeah. Like he's clearly someone who some, another spy has tutored.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like he, he's not a total noob.
1: He's not a total noob. And he's definitely like,
0: and something is up. So it's not fully like he, he, he doesn't appear like he's just scared. He appears like, to a certain extent, he is a part of this. And, exactly. whatever and he this
1: knows is. that there are spy things happening. It's not, he's not like, like Anson he's is not, not like lying to him and like being a therapist right. or whatever. He, he's
0: not like uh, Jacob, who's just like, I was just doing a Task Rabbit gig and now all of a sudden everyone's after me? Exactly. me and my small dog so because Michael is like yeah you're right I gotta go talk to my mom he's like all right you fee go look for the girl and I will go talk to Madeline and to my very intense surprise Michael goes to Madeline's house and like instantly tells her what's up like in any other show this would be like the first beat of this where Michael would like end up saying uh, no, nothing. I didn't have anything to say. Hi, Benny. How's it going? But like, to his credit, Michael Weston doesn't like play bullshit. He shows up and is like, Mom, Benny's a spy. And he is connected to Anson. It's all fucked up. And so like he finally tells Madeline a-, a bunch of stuff about like who Anson is, the fact that he like, is this is the scene where he tells her that Anson filled in for her therapist one week, right?
1: No, that's not. Or is that later? That's next week because it's a whole thing
0: oh you're right and oh and i was right about something when we get to your episode yeah we we'll, we'll talk
1: about next week next week let's talk about this week is that the week?
0: second time i've been right this season and you're like no 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 no, that's not what they meant that's not what they said i don't here's know i just think it's a, i just I think, think, it's think it's an interesting fact that i'm a genius and you're a big dummy here's
1: it's not my fault that i am assuming that people are going to make better choices than they do two percent chris like, it's not my fault for, like, kind of as- assuming that the show wants to make smart choices.
0: We've been assuming doing the show for two years, Chris. Christine like, Cherry, my lovely friend. Two years we've been doing this. If you haven't learned by now, there's just no hope for you.
1: It's not. It is about hope, though. It's specifically <laughs> about hope. I'm hoping. Revolutions are built on hope. Exactly. I'm (laughs) hoping that the show will be better. And I think, well, like, okay, so. We'll talk about this next week. (laughs) We'll talk about this next week.
0: I forgot that that was next week, but you're totally right. That is a next week plot. So, anyway, so Michael at least tells her in this scene that, like, Anson you know the guy that we're all afraid of and, and mad at he Benny is his inside man we don't exactly know the parameters of it but we know he is involved and Madeline's like absolutely not that is unacceptable and like right before Benny comes to like pick her up for a movie Madeline is basically like I think Michael maybe came to her and it's like I got to go plant a bug on him so that we can like learn more and Madeline's like how about this I don't believe you. I think you're full of shit. Betty's my boyfriend and I love him very much. He has a boat. It's great. Give me the bug. If I, I'll do my own investigation. And if I find him wanting, I'll plant the bug myself. And Michael's like, all right, you do you, Ma. I now trust you with this because you're basically like the unofficial fifth member of our team. So, okay, bye. You know bye. how to burn um,
1: notice, so like you can you, do it.
0: You know how to burn notice.
1: You took apart a, a whole computer keyboard last week, so you're fine.
0: Yeah, she's great. So uh, that's where we leave Madeline, very upset and shaken, but sort of resolved to find out the truth for herself. Uh, so Michael goes to meet up with Fee, who is like outside of the the estate that they think that the girl is being held at. Michael has like heat vision goggles or specs, which is a thing that I feel like they should have all the time, but they kind of write it off by saying like the CIA gave them this cool tool, cool new toy. Isn't it nice to be working with the agency again? And so to get a sense of, like, who in the building is I feel like you could who... buy
1: views off Amazon.
0: I feel like you definitely could, but I don't know if Amazon was as big back then. It's I mean, it was, but
1: even then. I feel like it wouldn't have been that hard to, like, go to, like, a, a store. Like, not a Radio Shack, but, like, you know.
0: I was also like thinking a, Radio Shack. Like, like a spy.
1: A spy Radio Shack, but not even, like, a spy. Like, a Radio it Shack does exist. Where, where people definitely... go <laughs> to get, like, security shit.
0: Yeah, but you you forget Chris that Michael Weston doesn't have any money because he hates it. That's true. So Michael Weston will never be able to afford that. Anyway, so the way that they're going to figure out like who which hate sig- signatures are who is Fiona goes up with a plate of brownies pretending to be like their new neighbor to welcome them to the to the neighborhood or whatever and Michael kind of observes who in the house like moves when an unexpected visitor appears and they're pretty sure yep the girl is there and there's a couple of goons and he's like but we can't get her out yet Fee even though once again Fee's like okay so we found out a thing is happening cool let's go in guns blazing and he's like bad idea my love, sweet, my sweet Fiona, please calm down. <laughs> we can't do that. First of all, because we're not prepared, and second of all, because we don't want to like let Kamba know that we know Jesse is still in his compound. We can't like leave it to chance. So we'll just we'll keep an eye on the place. We'll get her out when Sam gets the the husband or the dad and Jesse out. She's like, I feel,
1: Fine. I feel a lot of kinship with Fee right here because sometimes I will have dishes that I need to do, and so I. get and I get real anxious about doing them right now because I know that if I don't do them right now, I will not do them for 24 hours. And I feel like that's the same thing.
0: Uh, I don't know if that's exactly the same thing because I think Fiona enjoys going in guns blazing. And I don't know if I would say that you enjoy dishes.
1: No, I don't. Although it's easier with podcasts.
0: It's true. It's definitely true. Of course, the only podcast you listen to is this one just over and over and over again.
1: Over and over and over again. This is I love hearing the sound of, of my own voice.
0: Yep. Definitely true. Uh, okay, so they they know what's up. Now it's time for Sam to go back to the compound. Unfortunately, uh, if you'll remember from the montage scene, Sam has, like, hidden parts of guns all over the car and in a bunch of, like, equipment and stuff. Unfortunately, combat doesn't want cars on the premises, which is... Uh Probably a good policy (laughs) opting instead to get all of his guys to carry like the additional boxes inside, which will get them some of what they need, but not all. So the plan needs to change to keep Sam and Jesse inside for longer, which means apparently that the next thing that they need to do is for Resnick to be injured enough that they need to stick around to like help him. Basically, they're like, Resnick, the only way we're going to be able to stick it out and like help you is if we have to be your hands. And there is a external reason why you would, like, need us around. So they do that. Also, nowhere in this scene does Sam mention that they did found we, his daughter. Did we
1: say what they did?
0: Uh, Well, they, we're about to. Okay. But, like, really quickly, as he's like, hey, I, I got, like, half of a gun in for you. Sorry. We need to stick around for longer to make this rescue shit work. Uh, how about we burn your hand on a Bunsen burner? But... At no point in this interaction, maybe it was cut. Does Resnick ask about his daughter, or do they tell him about his daughter? So, like, from what as show as seen, no one mentions the daughter at this point. Like, his whole reason for building this bomb is because he was worried they would kill his daughter. But no one has told him that his daughter is safe, or at least they know right. where she is. That's not an interaction that happens. I, I guess mean, the I mean, daughter's sometimes... a non-issue.
1: Sometimes you're not ready yet because, like, you have information, but you don't have enough information. I, and it, it's just going to worry him. Like, yes. I
0: feel like, like not knowing that they found his daughter is going to worry him more. And he's going to be like, I'll just build them the bomb. Like, please, I need to get my daughter out. I need to make sure she's safe. And you guys don't even know who, where she is, except they do. But they haven't told about, him
1: yet. We haven't talked about Resnick yet. Resnick looks like. Christian Bale playing Pete Judge in a movie. <laughs> this dude does look kind of uncannily like Christian Bale.
0: I guess I can see that. But also
1: he's like tiny.
0: Yeah, he's very small and unassuming. Especially next exactly. to like Sam and Jesse who are huge. Right. Mountains of men. So Anyways. like, yeah,
1: he looks a little bit, he looks like a pocket Christian Bale.
0: No, a pocket boo. <laughs> So, yeah, so so Resnick burns his hand on a quote-unquote malfunctioning Bunsen burger, burner, Bunsen burger. You know, burgers made of Bunsen. Yeah. And Kamba uh, is pissed but has no choice but to let these two men stay in his compound for longer. So um, Mike, as the op runner, tells Sam that he'll bury some guns near the fence line for them. They just need to find a way to get to them. And so Sam is like, cool, we just need to, like, figure out a way to get them to move the fence back, I guess. And the way that they do this, and this is the part of the episode where I'm most confused <laughs> about like how exactly this logically works out. But basically, so Michael has has buried some guns 20 feet from the fence line on like a certain part of the compound. Sam is like, okay, cool. So we'll just tell them that their electric fence is fucking with the missile. So they like re rig the missile to like spark when Kamba comes in to like see a test of it, and they're like, "Oh no, you know what it must be—the electric fence is too close." Like, what the fuck are you talking about? That could not be less related to this. What? I mean, I kind of get like, okay.
1: I mean, and then they're like, f-
0: "Okay, we'll." I, what I would say is, "Okay, this isn't we'll, the we'll thing just." That
1: I'm confused about turn off the electric like, it makes fence. Sense to me, that like electric fields like can mess with things
0: okay what what like, part can't you get across are, that they did physically they, move the fence back rather than just turning off the electrified portion and i don't know doubling up like their their people outside yeah my, like they physically move yes. a fence
1: they moved a, like did they have to buy more fence
0: yeah also like i helped that's my fix some fencing like, at my mom's just... house it takes forever
1: like, did they shift the fence slightly? Is everyone picking up the whole fence?
0: Is that yeah, what's Yeah, well, it kind of looks like it. It looks like they take like the poles from the ground and the fencing part, and they just move it back twenty feet. Which, a, how do they have enough extra fence? Because when well, you extend like, your did perimeter, did they have
1: extra fence, or did they like pick up the entirety of the fence, the entire circle circle of fence, and then shift
0: it? Yeah, because that's like not a, a couple hours worth of work. That's no, like, it's not weeks exactly making a fence is hard enough digging it up and replanting it you know how you plant a fence you
1: don't just like casually move a fence
0: yeah this was the this was the piece of the episode where i was like "Mm, is that what we're doing okay i'm i was just
1: like and part of it was like are they just moving a wall of the fence and now there's a part that's not fenced off
0: (laughs) right is like the is the front entrance just like all of a sudden very wide it's, like, unclear. It's really unclear. This is such a bizarre section, but it works. They move, physically move the fence of the compound back. Cool. So meanwhile, Maddie is uh, at Benny's house, ostensibly surprising him by cooking him his favorite dinner. And uh, as she's sort of turning it over before he gets home, she unfortunately finds some surveillance photos of, like, the gang. And unfortunately, now Michael's theory is true. He is a part of this conspiracy and is more active than she would have preferred him to be. So she plants the bug like a pro in his phone and readies herself for a really uncomfortable dinner date, I assume. Back at the estate, Michael and Fee prepare to bust it down to find the kidnapped daughter, but then they have a problem. When they use their new fancy specs from Radio Shack CIA, no one's home. And of course, we know exactly what that is. It's that they've gone to the compound. They've brought the daughter to the compound to be a little bit more like personal about it like hey your daughter is here and she looks scared i will shoot her if there are more delays and point am i the only her. one that was surprised that the daughter looks like she's in her 20s like the way that they kept talking even in my notes i had written little girl a couple of times and had to go back and correct it because when we meet the girl she's like 19 or 20 i and i don't know just the way I they talked she's about supposed her
1: to be like 16 or 17
0: yeah, well, first of all, she does, she looks older than that. But second of all, even that is super old, especially because, like, there's a couple of lines where the dad's like, she's just a child, let her go. But she's like, she looks like an adult. She looks like someone who would date Sam X, you know? Like, if he swung in the other direction age-wise. Like, I, mean, I, like, don't, just, I don't
1: know. I think she, like... I, I just was surprised. I assumed like it was going
0: to be a little girl.
1: I think, like, she looks like... A uh, teen. She looks like a teenager to me,
0: but she looks like an older teenager. My but point she is, definitely looks like an the older The way that teenager, they're establishing her and the way that she's acting, it almost seems like this was an episode written for a younger girl. But then they felt uncomfortable putting like a younger kid in that position on set, and so they aged Maybe. her up. Because like he That's- talks about it, she's like she's just a child. Like the way that they talk about her makes it seem like like every other episode of Burn is where a daughter is kidnapped, she's like you know seven or eight, right.
1: No, yeah, she is not seven or eight. No, she's like it's a little bit like how on Buffy, where they clearly wrote Dawn to be like eleven, much
0: younger. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then cast like a fourteen or fifteen year old the player, and it just feels weird.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Although, like this actress is very clearly older than Michelle Trachtenberg was, and like yeah, no, she's like seventeen or eighteen. I mean, it's still bad to kidnap her.
0: No, it's definitely still bad. I don't know. I just, I was surprised. I was curious if you were surprised, too. That was not the age of child that I was expecting.
1: No, yeah. Generally, it's not. Generally, the kid's always, like, seven or eight.
0: Yeah, and if it's an older kid, then, like, they had something to do with their own kidnapping. Like, the girl from the third episode ever, you know, who's, like, a teenager but has, like, got attitude about it, you know, stuff like that.
1: Right, yeah, like
0: you're or either like seven fell in love or, with the or wrong you're an boy. adult essentially <laughs> exactly there are only two ages seven and adult anyway so Which yeah is so why she's there. whenever
1: you meet people from michael's childhood they are all are wildly different ages
0: Oh my god. Yeah, we can't get into the insane ages of Michael Weston's like circle of friends from home. Um, what we can get into is that something else that was confusing about this episode is that at multiple times Sam uses like a little Bluetooth headset to like call Michael from inside the compound. What is going am like, with that? I was like, they're not jamming the signals. They didn't confiscate their, you know, communication ability. Sam's also not being that subtle about it. Like, he's kind of but openly he's also, walking around talking on the
1: phone. Here's the thing. He's not being that subtle about it, but he is trying to be a little subtle about it, which makes it right. more confusing. <laughs> exactly. like sometimes It's like a bit where like he's like, I'm going to go saw over here or something.
0: Right, like slightly out he, like, of eyeshot shot of the guards. Like out
1: of eye shot, but he's not even that, like, he's not, like, in a different room or anything. And he's I just, know. like, Well, and
0: again, talking. they didn't search him. They didn't take his phone. Like, this is a hostage situation. The first, that's, that's rule number one in a hostage situation. You take away the communication opportunities.
1: I mean, to be fair, I think that, like, Sam is not supposed to be a hostage yet.
0: I mean, he kind or, like, of is.
1: He's kind of a hostage, but like, especially the way Sam is. If they won't let him take a a car onto the
0: lot, but they will let him take a cell phone.
1: It's weird. No, I agree. It's so fucking weird.
0: It's extremely weird. Like, there's just like, there's a couple of extremely wild things this episode does, which really hurt it, in my opinion. Because, like, like, you know me, I love that attention to detail. Like,
1: yeah, like, the episode can't decide if Kamba thinks that Sam is a hostage or thinks that Sam is a bad guy.
0: Right, is a double agent or something.
1: Well, not like a double agent. like Because the thing is, he is supposed to be working. Their their cover idea is essentially, I'm a bad guy technician. I do technician stuff for bad guys. Black
0: market technology specialist. Exactly.
1: So, like, he is theoretically a bad guy, as Kamba knows him. So it's not exactly like he's just someone they got the street they, they're not holding him hostage the same way that they're holding resnick hostage because he's assuming that like they have they have similar bad guy motives
0: sure 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 sure. this is not just the fact that it is wild that he has a phone that he's allowed to it use is like super so wild frequently. that he has a phone
1: and it's just like the thing is if he was just talking on the phone and like not hiding it at all that would make more sense to me because then right. we'd be establishing that like oh he's been allowed to talk like and he's probably got, like, and a then it would establish about like who he's talking what his,
0: yeah what the cover story is like is he calling an additional technician like hey so is it the blue wire or the red wire so mike exactly this is what's happening it's not doing that <laughs> no it's not at all he's just having a conversation slightly off camera anyway so he calls michael and it's like With michael my daughter's Weston, here just like <laughs> everything's fucked up. Uh, what should we do and michael weston's like what if we do the burn notice special what if we tell him that one of his guys is actually not one of his guys what if one of his guys is the reason for all the delays and sam's like cool i can work with that i've seen burn notice so sam it's so funny too because like
1: (laughs) they do that thing that they do sometimes on burn notice where one of them will say it's like back in namibia in 68 or something yeah exactly or it's like like we did in venezuela or you know Mm -hmm. It's the, like, it's always the same, thing. like thing. And it's literally the same thing always.
0: hmm Yeah, because like, usually when the they say, like, it's like when we were in Bolivia. They, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Usually when they do this, it's to, like, set up a slightly more complex thing that, like, they would have no reason to be able to coordinate that quickly. But this is, like bread and butter burn notice this is what we do every fucking week <laughs> so like i don't understand why we need to have I like the background maybe the thing
1: is like the gas
0: thing Maybe I guess I don't know, but anyways, Michael Weston has a plan, and it's it's bread and butter, but bread and butter burn notice. So uh, Sam heads to heads to butter up Kamba. Jesse and the Resnick and finish Kamba. the missile. <laughs> Jesse and and Resnick finish the missile. They actually like arm it and get it ready to go. Sam talks to Kamba while like the sobbing. 20-something is in his office and then Fee, Michael, and Pierce blow the gas lines from outside the compound to help Sam sell the story Sam then gets Kamba to send his guards out to check on the gas line and then convinces him to arm the bomb to, sur- to surprise the snake in the in the grass you know like hey wh- whoever is like turning on you probably wants the missile so why don't we just blow up the missile and he's like but I want a missile this- that's why I have all of you here and he's like don't worry about it we'll build you 10 new ones like we'll we're all in this together now so just let us get we out of the compound we'll blow it up yeah we're your missile boys and yeah. uh we're, we're your missile misters and we will build you a new one but for now we Call gotta escape mr missile because we, we don't know which one of your guys is the bad guy so let's consider all of them to be hostile let's arm the missile and get out of here and compass like they all yeah, okay. seem
1: confused but trust me they're not confused
0: exactly uh you don't know which one of them is a fake confusion uh have you ever played one night werewolf anyways uh so they can't go to the guards so this they have is to an among us line. situation <laughs> yeah they to head to the fence line as quickly as possible and of course the fence line that they head for is the one where they know that michael has buried the guns for them so as Kamba's like watching his his compound go up in flames like haha i definitely got the bad guy he turns around and sam and jesse are like holding him at gunpoint like hey man fuck you we got you it's the cia prank Ashton, come on out was Ashton Kutcher still doing punk at this time? When was, when was Punk'd?
1: I don't know when punk was. punk feels like a 2000s thing to me. Yeah,
0: it definitely does. Okay, so yeah, the original airing was 2003 to 2007. So it was still going probably when Burn Notice started.
1: I mean, but also like it was just ending.
0: Yeah, almost it as was if, definitely like, ending.
1: punk was reincarnated into Burn Notice.
0: Yeah, and it was also reincarnated into Quibi briefly.
1: Oh, it was, wasn't it?
0: Man, I don't think we talk enough about like how Punk started to reveal like the true nature of celebrities before the internet was really big enough to do that itself.
1: Like how do you mean?
0: Like it's the it's the show where we got to see like the unfettered like off-camera reactions of famous people that like now we get on Twitter absolutely daily, right. but like I would have never seen Zach Braff punch a guy, you know, That's or like true. Frankie Muniz actually absolutely lose his fucking shit over his car. getting so, You know, like, there's just like, there's so many moments where celebrities are doing it to themselves yeah. now. But back then it was a, a third party celebrity exactly. opening them it up. It used to be that,
1: like, celebrities, they're just like us, was a really packaged thing that was delivered to people. Right. Where, exactly. like, you had to, like, find a way to package that feeling of celebrities. Yeah. They're just like us.
0: Yeah, like a Cribs episode. Something.
1: Exactly. Or like, whereas Like they now, have this fancy
0: house, but they also love mustard, just like you. Exactly.
1: And so, yeah, now we get that all the time. Like now celebrity culture is driven by that.
0: Exactly. But also, like, now they're, like, setting themselves up to failure because instead of, like, every piece of communication that they have with the public going through, like, eight different publicists, now it's just like, I'm gonna go on Instagram Live and make some really, really bad statements. And no one can stop me. And now it's on the internet forever. <laughs> but and before... hey, funny
1: story... Most actors are idiots.
0: Exactly.
1: Except for all of the ones that we have personally worked with. I
0: don't know if that's exactly true. Anyway, so, combas, combas going down.
1: the actor who worked with us that's listening to this podcast, you're a smart one.
0: Yeah, you're one of the smart ones, for sure. You, eh, not so much. And there I'm, I want to be clear, Chris, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. (laughs) Chris Cherry, Christine Cherry, actress extraordinaire, dumbest bitch in the room.
1: No, yeah, I'm an idiot.
0: (laughs) I imagine that you just did, like, a hair flip with that. I'm just so dumb. Chewing gum.
1: I did not. not. <laughs> uh,
0: cool. So they cart Comba off and get the dad and daughter duo to safety at last. Sam and Jesse briefly debrief with a kind of pissed Pierce because, obviously, the CIA wishes they still had the bomb. And um, Sam's like, well, giving the CIA half of what they want is the Sam X special. And the boys grin and speak in unison their way out of the conversation, ending on a very great... Sam and Jesse mess around.
1: Oh, yeah. it is. It was sort of interesting the way that, like, the episode felt like it was setting up the the conflict of needing to get the bomb specs as, like, a right. thing it, that was going to be a bigger part of the episode. And it was
0: not at all. Not at <laughs> all. It was mentioned twice. It wasn't even, like, a rule of thirds thing. It was twice. No, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. And also what's funny is that it sort of seems like the first time it comes up that it's setting up this tension of, like, now that we're working for the CIA again, we have like mission critical things outside of protect people that we have to worry about. And the CIA is like, as in as concerned with intelligence if not more concerned with it than like you know human lives and getting everyone out safely but that's not where they go like that seems like a natural place for burn notice to go for michael to realize like oh i got everything back that i wanted but i just realized i actually prefer doing things my way because like you know i may not have the resources but i i have my priorities straight when i'm not working for an intelligence agency but no that's not where they're going at all maybe they will eventually and this is like a seed of that but it was not well done it w- It but, yeah. should have either been a thing in the episode, or it should not have been a thing. But this was right, a pretty exactly. chock full episode, so I imagine if it was in there at some point, it got cut for time, which is a shame because it's a it's a valid place for that to go. And I would be interested yeah, there's a in lot that conversation. On in this episode, yeah, it's very chock full. So let's let's get to the final little scenery. So the final scene is that Michael is listening in on the Benny bug outside his place with Madeline. So him and Madeline are staking out Benny's place, and as they listen in on. On a an Anson call from the bug, it's quickly clear that Benny may have started as a willing participant, but now he feels badly. It's kind of like, you know, um, she's all that. Like Benny got Benny. Benny's kind of she's all adding Madeline. Benny didn't like expect first,
1: to fall in love.
0: Exactly, <laughs> which is sweet, and so you know at least gives Madeline a little bit of closure, and that's important because soon after that, the tenor of the conversation changes. Michael gets out of the car because he realizes what's about to happen, and Benny gets blowed up or notice
1: r.i.p benny we hardly knew you you were a upper class straight white man
0: we're sad to see you go there aren't enough of you these days you're a dying breed (laughs) so yeah that's the episode benny's dead Uh uh-oh spaghettios it's time for some spy tips (laughs) um so there's there's one of these that i don't i I think there's like one or two i do want to have a
1: moment of silence for benny oh of course Anyway, let's talk about spy tips.
0: Number one, one of the few businesses that still makes house calls is black market technology vendors. When someone's paying a lot of cash for illegal weapons-grade components, they expect full service. And when your customer will settle any issues with a bullet to the head, it's a good idea to show up in person. What's so I thought what was about useful- oh, please about this tip
1: is that it's immediately undercut by the fact that Combo does not want them there.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So it was like a weird tip. but It felt like a setting up a bit where like Combo is gonna expect expecting them to do all this stuff and then he was like no go away
0: yeah also it's unclear why if somebody will settle any issues with a bullet to the head i would want to be there in person
1: well presumably you have to be because you're re- rescuing a a hostage missile builder because and his daughter
0: oh so you think that part of the tip is not about being a black market technology vendor but about being a spy pretending to be a black market technology vendor
1: i mean yeah it's a good alias because it will get you in the door
0: i don't know if that's true because it does say when you your customer like it implies that we're still in the universe that you are a black market technology vendor
1: well no i i mean i think most of these tips are working on the assumption that you're a spy right
0: well, n- I-, I think there's like a twofold because like he has to set up the reality that you're pretending to be and then show you how to use exactly. reality against so people. Like, and-
1: the tip is explaining the reality that you're pretending to be.
0: I don't know if I agree with that, but I also don't think that it matters in context of like, is this a good tip or not? All I was thinking with this tip is that uh, I wouldn't necessarily like think that black market technology vendors are separate from like the people with like materials like i I guess it does make sense though like the people providing like the wiring the metal are not necessarily the same people providing the chips and also that like if you want to get to somewhere directly specifically being a black market technology vendor rather than like the guy delivering the metal or something would be a easier way to get in and it's more highly specialized and stuff like
1: that imagine that like in all sort of like modern like weapons manufacturing everything is subcontracted and split out into different things like there's like 10 different companies that make like an iphone in various stages so like it makes sense that like there would be like chip people and like casing people and like sure these materials still exist, like so, like there would have to be a sort of shadow economy doing sure. the same sorts of things because the product is the same.
0: Well, do you consider this a good tip then?
1: Practical? I didn't think about that. So, yeah, me either. Yeah,
0: sure. I'll Great. keep it. Number two, spies are surprisingly good recyclers. The ability to repurpose items in the field can often mean the difference between life and death. A broken eyepiece from a microscope can make the perfect disguise for a rifle sight, and a computer with a fried motherboard can house the magazine of an M4 rifle. It's not exactly separating your bottles and cans, but it'll. Keep trash out of the landfill and possibly keep you out of the morgue.
1: I feel like only one of these is recycling.
0: I know. so that was what I was gonna say is like on a writing perspective, I don't know if recycling's the metaphor we should go to. Or the simile, but like
1: the broken eyepiece is recycling.
0: Well, but it's not even because it's still like so. It seems it seems like what he's trying to say is you shouldn't just throw away your old broken computer. Use it and just take certain components. Yeah, exactly. It's still not good. It's not a good writing. We're like
1: retrofitting the microscope into being a rifle sight. No, that's not what they're doing at all.
0: He's because all yeah, yeah, he's recycling. yeah, all he's doing is using that slot in the in the case <laughs> for a exactly. rifle spike. So, so yeah, yeah it,
1: weird writing. It's a badly written tip.
0: Good tip. Like they, they they're giving a specific like, Useful. hey, this is yeah. about the size of this thing. This is how you can hide it. We got to see them take about the part the car. Like I would have never thought of like the the plastic on the inside of like a car door. There must be a way to remove that, and you could hide stuff in there. Neat. Exactly. So yeah, so I thought that was useful. But yeah, I also had the same note, which was, is this recycling? Why are we talking about recycling right now, Craig? Anyways, number three, whether you're smuggling drugs to sell or weapons to save a friend, you can't just hide contraband and pray. You have to be able to talk your way through an inspection. The key is to keep cool and keep talking. The more they're listening to you, the less they're looking at whatever it is you're carrying.
1: I don't know, I guess. I don't yeah, feel like, like this is anything. this is like a pretty
0: vague, like, misdirection.
1: yeah. I don't think this is anything.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Like I said, there were a couple on the line, so. Yeah. Uh-oh. Officially, not enough tips. All right, yeah, number there three. Yeah, not enough
1: tips left.
0: <laughs> number three, there is a fine art to making an electrical malfunction look spectacular, and yet do no any real damage. Not do any real damage. Especially when you're dealing with a deadly missile. The trick is to overload a non-explosive component like the motherboard. Is the motherboard not... An explosive component? It feels like it would be attached to all the explosive components. But anyways, replacing well, no, resistors like with plain copper wire will amplify the current, overload that. the circuit, and result in some impressive but relatively harmless fireworks. I just feel like the motherboard seems like it's a thing that's attached to a lot of things, and to fry that might fuck up something else. I don't know. What, I don't like, know like enough about off Like circuits. a chain
1: reaction or something?
0: Yeah. Well, because it's, conne- it's, it's got so many other connections. It's the motherboard. I mean, like,
1: well, I mean, you could al- also, like disconnect those connections first
0: but that's not what he says he says Um, to overload a non-explosive component
1: but even then i don't even know if it would necessarily do that like i think you're just like overloading like a thing in the if you're just overloading a thing on the motherboard that's not like
0: i mean huge if true as per usual there's a lot of specifics in this that
1: Uh uh-huh i'll take it
0: yeah, I'll take it. I mean, it doesn't matter at this point, but number four, an electrified fence can't protect against someone who has no need to breach it. When you have a network of gas pipes that run across property lines, a well-placed block of C4 on a gas main outside the fence can cause an explosive chain reaction inside whatever compound that fence is protecting.
1: Okay. So what's the tip here? The
0: Blow the gas line. Blow the, the tip is blow the gas line. Yep. Like if you're I feel like we've done that before. Yep, probably. Yeah. I think Well we've disconnected a gas line before. We've like done a the, lot
1: of stuff too I think we've done enough things to gas lines that we as an audience understand that like the gas line is a great place to get shit done.
0: Agreed. And, and you so know what's if, funny about this tip is that it seems like he's couching it in electric fence mumbo jumbo to try to distract us from the fact that all yeah, of this all of this is. It's like the, the recycling gas line.
1: tip. Mm -hmm. where it's like you're putting it in the wrong you're hiding it you're hiding it like the tip you're you're hiding one tip in the casing of another tip
0: right like recycling would be like the thing that michael does um in the the last alfredo barrios jr episode where he like builds himself a gun from random stuff in a warehouse exactly (laughs) Yeah, it was a weird episode. Like there was, I really enjoyed it, but there was a lot of like small details where I'm like, are you okay? Did somebody like get drunk and turn in the script? What's happening? Yeah, no, this is nothing. I agree that it's nothing. It's a gas line, but also look over here, misdirection, electric fences. So yeah, that's, that's not five practical spy tips. That's three, barely. Oh my God.
1: Was there spycraft over violence, though?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, there was misdirection. There was figuring out different ways of, like, improvising on a bad situation getting consistently worse.
1: Yeah, exactly. There was that. And there really, other than, like, an explosion, there wasn't that much violence in the episode.
0: No, there really wasn't. It was more, it was yeah. often just, like, the threat of violence. Uh, exactly. Both sides. Like,
1: which feels more spy-like. Like,
0: Was there an alias? No. No Michael Weston alias. No. Like I mean, I guess a little bit the blue collar window cleaner at the beginning with Fee, but like that's that was nothing. No, no. Yeah, that was a cover, not an alias, which is a distinction we've made in the past that I do think is important.
1: I think it is a good distinction.
0: Okay, so no, so this episode has actually already failed, but we may as well go through them. Are at least two supporting oh, wow. characters used well? Does Fee get to blow something up? She does. She gets to use little charges in the beginning, and oh yeah, and isn't she involved in blowing the gas line? She is.
1: I think she does blow up gas line.
0: Yeah. She doesn't she, get to blow up the, the missile, but she board. does blow
1: up the gas line.
0: Yeah. So she gets to blow a couple of things up and gets to be, you know, very violent every time something goes wrong. Oh, she's yeah, like, let oh, me yeah. just do them. She's great. <laughs> she's doing good. Uh, is Sam peak Bruce Campbell? Um, is he? He's in this episode a lot more, He's, and I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, this but is but pretty much
1: a Sam episode.
0: But I don't think he does anything, especially interesting or bruce campbell-y
1: yeah like the thing about sam we're in and we kind of learned this and we'll talk about this more next week uh we learned back when we watched the fall of sam axe is that like there's side character sam and then there's protagonist sam and like sure protagonist sam is a much more straight-laced character
0: agreed like that's that's very much the 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 weirdness of the fall of Sam Axe, is that like it's a movie about outside of Sam? Yeah, exactly. It's like after outside of a handful of like little leers and you know jokes and stuff, jokey jokes. It's mostly just I am a good guy and a soldier.
1: Yeah. Not like a weird sort of kind of Han Soloy type character. But not right. really
0: like fat Han Solo who likes older ladies and being taken care of. Yeah. He's like a retired Han Solo.
1: He is like retired Han Solo.
0: Anyways. And yeah. So not that fair,
1: one. I think, Han Solo also wants like a, a lady to take care of him.
0: That's true, but I don't think that he wants necessarily an older lady.
1: No, that's true.
0: Because I think he likes running around. Like I think he's not quite ready to like settle down yet. Like he wants no, to go on adventures not. and be unattached. And I think Sam very much wants to be attached. Anyways, this is that's not the true. point of this. There was no peak Bruce Campbell Sam energy in this episode. No, no, there was was Jesse a distinct addition rather than a redundancy? Not really. Yeah, I don't even think like the the new thing that you wanted to talk about, like the, yeah. the light in his eyes when he does an alias. I don't even think that was exactly. really present.
1: He was doing like he does have like another alias that's like a nerd and he is doing that, but that's not like an interesting thing. It's he's not also not even really committing to
0: the nerd. Like we don't we exactly. don't get to see him be the nerd that much. Mostly he's like dressed as a nerd, talking like Jesse to various people.
1: Right. Yeah. So like, yeah, he like this character could have been someone else. It didn't feel like a particularly Jesse, like alias or whatever. Or yeah. like,
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that that's nothing. Now, Madeline, does she get to have a genuine emotional moment with another character or get to do the case of the week? I would say yes to she, both.
1: Yeah she, yeah, she, like, has a whole subplot. She watches Benny blow up.
0: Mm-hmm. She plants a bug on him first and then listens in on the bug with Michael, which I think was a strong choice. I think it was a strong choice to have her be there for that final scene. I like yeah. that. A lesser Burn Notice episode would have just had Michael do that, and then, like, the last scene was him would be him, like, shell-shocked coming into her house, like you know, looking singed or whatever. But I like that she was yeah. there. I like that she's literally involved. And I also, I think it happens next week is she makes a great point that I think sets up like where we're at with Madeline these days, which I really appreciate, right. but we'll get to next, we'll week, talk about next, week. That next week. So yes, two characters are used well, but that's only half of what he needs and he needs a majority. So sadly, this is not a great episode of Burn Notice.
1: Wow, I did like it quite a bit.
0: I did too. I, I like the whole time I was recapping it, I was like, I was enjoying myself. So uh yeah, that's not quite said,
1: a great episode of television.
0: Yeah, that was what I was about to transition to. I don't I don't think it's quite there. It's a pretty good episode though. Like, like everything was fun and exciting. There was a lot like the it was constructed well, I thought. I just think that there were a couple of missing details that like just Bogged it down. Like, I think it was it was both too detailed and not detailed enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I wish they would have reinforced... Like, I think that the thing that it seems like they were going to do at some draft stage of, like, start, like, starting to plant the seeds that, hey, maybe being back with the CIA isn't all it's cracked up to be, that's interesting. This would be a cool episode for that to have happened in. And, you know, given that, like, his mom is dealing with stuff that is still related to his CIA work, you know, like, that could further reinforce, hey, maybe maybe this isn't the path that I want to take anymore. I think that that could have been a cool setup. Especially with Michael being on the outside of both things. Like, technically, Michael isn't doing a lot. Michael is both, is running the op with his mom and with Sam and Jesse. And I think that that's an interesting tension of him, like, watching the world that he fought so hard to get back start to fall apart at the seams, but having to be, like, an outsider as it happens. That's a really interesting setup, but it, it I think that that must have gotten dropped at some point because they didn't have time to explore it with anything, right. everything else that they were trying to explore. And... I think that maybe they could have dropped the, like, daughter subplot. Yeah. Because I don't think that she ultimately added a lot. I don't even think she has a line.
1: There's, like, one too many things, and you needed to, like lose one of the things so we could spend more time on one of the other things that already exists.
0: Yeah, and I and I think that had they done that, it would have been fine. Because, yeah, I really don't think we needed the daughter piece. You no, know, the daughter could have been an abstract. Daughter. It could have been, like, they got pictures of her, like, exactly. you know, through a rifle scope. And, they were, and all Michael has to say is, like, sure, we'll send some guys down there to make sure she's safe or whatever. But, like, we didn't need to spend, like, a whole four scenes of, like, fee staking out the place fee delivering brownies them having like (laughs) night vision scopes or or heat scopes or whatever like i think if they had cut that used so much elsewhere Mm -hmm. to do the thing that they were already looking like they were setting up yeah i I think that a different version of this draft that it seems like they were close to would have been a great episode of television unfortunately this is neither a great episode of television nor a great episode of burn notice and it is also a No, no yogurts mm. to be seen which is cause...
1: which is a shame because we like it which is sort of interesting mm-hmm. where like sometimes not always but sometimes like trying to make a great episode of television on burn notice is a bit like shooting the moon where like you've got to maybe fail at some basic burn notice stuff in order to like do a cool new thing but if you don't succeed at doing the cool new thing then not only have you not succeeded at that but you've also not you also failed at the other Burn Notice stuff.
0: Mhm. Yeah, you got to be it's got to be either a great episode of Burn Notice or a great episode of television. It can be both. It's been both in the past, but like one of those has to be upheld and unfortunately in this case neither was. I will say though, once again, definitely still a strong episode far, far oh, yeah. stronger than previous ones. So I think that they've really they've gotten their groove. They've figured out the characters. We've got a compelling setup. Like there was a lot of stuff that was set up in this episode that was really, really good. I just don't think it paid off the way that it needed to, based on where we're at in the season, especially. Right. Too bad. That's too bad. Good job directing Alfredo Barrios Jr., I guess. Yeah.
1: No, it worked. It like I mean, yeah, I there were problems with the episode, but I felt like it was directed fine. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't an acting issue. It wasn't a writing issue. Like, like it wasn't, like, a dialogue issue. It wasn't a directing issue. But I think,
1: like, the story, the visual storytelling was, like, on point. I think, like,
0: yeah. you could have done something
1: about that, that Sam talking on the phone thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this is what I'm saying. It's like, there's both too many details and not enough details in some cases. Like, the and... priorities were just a little bit skewed from, I think, what would have made this a much stronger episode
1: right yeah and i don't know who, where the fault on that lies
0: so yeah i i i mean probably matt nix <laughs> let's be honest like he's ostensibly in charge of this show
1: yeah but i mean like also like where like if it was matt nix or if it was craig o'neill or if it was alfredo barrios or like
0: yeah who knows maybe when. there was a whole additional subplot that they just cut out of the episode
1: and it was even again it oh like God. they
0: they put the like the text is there you know it wasn't even subtext but they just like they didn't finish it
1: do it yeah they were anyway we yeah, did like well, this one though
0: we did yeah we we overall enjoyed this episode a lot of stuff to like and you know what else there's a lot to like about uh vince and el who developed our theme music partially against their will because they really don't like the bird Notice theme, but we appreciate them making us a beautiful piece of theme music in any case. And if you want to find more music that they actually enjoyed making, head to vinceniel.bandtamp.com. And until next week, bye.
1: There's just so many more Dalmatian stuff in the movie than you think there's going to be. <laughs>